0: BLOB TALK RADIO
1: Good morning, this is Attorney Vince Davis. This is Get Your Kids Back Now. This show is dedicated to keeping families together and to fighting the tyranny of CPS and DCFS social workers. A secondary purpose of the show is to educate parents and relatives or to at least show them where to go to get the necessary information for their fight. The final purpose of the show is to remind people that change can be effectuated at the ballot box at the state and federal levels. Let us unite, vote, and elect those who will make the necessary changes. Good morning. I hope everyone today is listening, is registered to vote. The midterm elections are coming coming up, and no matter what your party affiliation, uh, please go out and vote. Cornia, And in a lot of states, judges are elected or appointed but have to face re-election. So if you're not happy with your judge, make sure that you and those who you know vote for the judges that will support families and keep those judges in office and also elect the lawmakers that will pass the laws that will help families stay together. Recently, there was uh, some proposed legislation in the state state of California legislature that would give uh, the parent or relative the right to tape record um, any conversations with the social workers so many times people tell me mr. Davis I didn't tell the social worker that if these conversations were recorded we would probably have a different situation and different outcomes That legislation in California, by the way, did not pass. Today I want to talk about something that's been on my mind this entire week, and that is uh, relative placement. I've gotten a lot of calls from all, all over the state of California and a few outside of the state, and this is how the conversation goes usually. I'm the grandmother, the social worker took the kids from the parents, and the social worker won't place the children in my home. Instead, they have placed the children in a foster home. For those of you that are getting those calls, please Google Welfare and Institution's Code Section 309. Read it carefully. Then contact an attorney who is familiar with juvenile court proceedings and develop a strategy to get your children back. I'm going to take the first call this morning from Area Code 559, ending in 07. Good
0: morning.
2: Hi, good morning, you're on Mr. with the turn. Good, good morning, Mr. Vincent. Did you I'm, have a, did you have a yeah, story have to a, tell? Or? Yeah, I got a story to tell, uh, tell, and I have a few questions to ask you, Mr. Vincent. My first question is my child has been removed from my care the second time, and uh, she's at 17 and a half right now. She's going to turn 18. And my first question is about the AB 12 program. I want her to be um, participate in AB 12 program. And is it to qualify for that program? Is it I have to terminate my reunification with my child? Is that I have to do that? Or is not necessary for termination of my reunification? I want her to enroll for AB 12 program so that he can um, have a placement in university. That is my first question. And my second... Yeah,
1: go ahead. The answer to your first question is, the way the law is set up right now, I believe, is that you would have to end your formal reunification services. However, that won't stop you from doing reunification services on your own And, uh, you know, in the hopes that you will reunify with the child in the future. What's your second question?
2: Okay. My second question is, um, can my child be adopted? Or this is what scared me, if he already turned to 17 and a half years old. That's my second question. Or uh, can can the court after that uh, terminate my parental rights? So that's my second question.
1: Still terminate Your parental rights However If your daughter Is 17 and a half Years old And she doesn't Want to uh, Have her rights Terminated Or have your rights Terminated It's unlikely That that would Happen in my opinion
2: Mm -hmm. Okay My third question Can the court uh, Social worker Order The the judge After I completed All the classes um, Which is A Uh, in the agreement, in the initial agreement. And uh, after I completed all the classes and everything and got all the certificate, even though I did not do anything wrong, I was forced to take all that classes. And after I finished and um, completed all the classes, the county council just wanted to give me a hard time and asked me to do extra classes, which never makes sense. Uh, so, how should I contest about these classes? Well, have the classes, have those additional classes been court ordered? The Actually, it's not, the judge never ordered that, but the judge was, the county council tell the judge to, to put that class because the judge wants to do the reunification, but then Uh, The county council said, no, after I completed all the classes and told the judge we want him to do extra classes. And I told uh, my um, court-appointed attorney, why should I do the classes only after I completed everything? It's not in the agreements. And um, they never tell me halfway of it. After I completed everything, then I say that's not fair for me because it's like... um, you know, you're getting a traffic ticket, and you pay the fine. And when you go to court, um, they tell you uh, to pay. Oh, we don't want one hundred dollars from you; we want thousand dollars. So that, I think, is abuse of power. So that is my well. You ask a very,
1: you asked a very good question, and I'm going to give you my opinion. Um, whatever classes or counseling sessions you have to do they're ordered, they're court-ordered at the disposition hearing. And a lot of times when you come up to the six-month review or the 12-month review, the new social worker all of a sudden determines you need to add additional types of counseling or parenting classes or drug testing or whatever. And therefore, we're not going to give the children back to you. In my opinion, the way the code is written if you complete the original disposition plan, the social worker then has to prove that you're still a substantial risk to the child. Um, But if you've basically done everything the judge has asked you, that's going to be very hard for the social worker to do. And in most cases, when I say most cases, not all cases, it would be virtually impossible for the social worker to do. So here's what happens. I get a lot of people that call me and tell me this. The court ordered parenting, individual counseling, and drug testing at the disposition hearing. And for the next six months, the uh, parent does all of that. Then at the six-month hearing, um, the social worker says, well, I don't think that the child should be returned until the parent does anger management. Well, anger management was never ordered at the disposition hearing. Yes. And unless the parent has a trial to test the social worker's theories about that anger management, uh, the parent's going to lose. So what happens a lot of times is people tell me, oh, my, my attorney, be it private or court order, just that now I have to do anger management classes to get the mm-hmm. child, and the case is going to be continued another six months. Well, that's not how the law is written the law is written is the social worker has prove that there's a substantial risk to the child and if you've done everything that the court had ordered at the disposition hearing six months earlier
0: you should win
1: and get your child back so social work is just adding things on you know um i i, I won't say they can't do it they may have evidence that this should be ordered but generally You know, the the person is the same person six months before, and had the person really needed that service, it would have been court-ordered at that time. In a lot of cases, there is a trial at the disposition hearing, and part of that trial is what should be ordered and what shouldn't be ordered. For example, almost in every county I go to, at the disposition hearing, they order the parent to do parenting classes or they ordered the parent to be counseling to address case issues. I never figured out what that means. But those are just throwaway things that they're asking you to do. And in my uh, opinion, they're asking you to do it, not necessarily because they think you need it, but that's how they make money from the federal government. They get reimbursed for services they provide you. So if they're providing you parenting classes or if they're providing you individual counseling to address case issues, you know, um, they get paid for that. And I've heard a lot of people say, well, who, what, you know, what's it going to hurt to do parenting? They're probably right. There's no – everyone should probably take a parenting class. I know I, I, knew I should have taken a parenting class. But that's I did that. Point. I did that. I
2: did that. The point that. is,
1: should it be court ordered by the judge? Is there evidence to show that you need a parenting class? And in most of these cases, you know, they are domestic violence cases, there are drug cases. Parenting isn't an issue, in my humble opinion. It's the domestic violence. It's the drug use. Uh, most people know how to do parenting. Would they benefit from taking a parenting class? Yes. But the law is very strict, and we're not going to interfere in people's lives with respect to their children unless there's substantial evidence. And these throwaway parenting classes, these throwaway individual counseling classes, you know, if the client agrees to do it, that's fine, but in a lot of cases, it's not necessary. It just adds an extra burden or extra yeah, burden I, I, to the that's what getting their the
2: That's what, Mr. Winston, I was very upset. Um, I told uh, uh, the court, uh, my court appointed attorney, and uh, I said that uh, one thing the classes that they asked me to do is 52 weeks reassessment assessment classes, okay? Um, I said that my child is going to be turned 18 very soon in six month times, and uh, 52 weeks mean a, a one year. Uh, not, we not, which is not even uh, you know, uh, she will be turned 18. They just want to because I filed a lawsuit against them. I don't know this is because of the retaliation for my civil case, or just because they just want to show that uh, uh, you know when I filed the. Uh, initially lawsuit that they want to show something that uh, you know i did something wrong that's why i go classes so that's why i'm trying to avoid that um, um in my later uh, later case on the civil case uh, that's what um okay. <clears throat> yeah so that's why I, I say i'm not in agreement to uh, to do the risk assessment 52 because so far they haven't proved anything they uh, the social worker Fabricated and lie a lot on their detention report which without any concrete evidence. They alter and manipulate a lot of uh, uh, paperwork, saying that this been said, this been said, but nothing, no substantive evidence was even proof. Uh, but the police who done the investigation, um, they determined that no evidence allegation was found but despite that i don't know why the law is giving social worker so much power on based on proponents evidence and the judge basic basically only solely be, uh, deciding and make the determination everything entirely just based on social worker uh, report the parents Right, like me, never get right. any chance to say right. my side of story. Every time we want to, the parents like me I want to ask for the trial I was told repeatedly to step out uh, from the court courthouse so I never get any chance to go for trial neither last year when my child was removed and this year again when the child removed. My child has uh, a <clears throat> Uh, illnesses of chronic disease which they don't understand. So that's what happens. And uh, uh, the child, we can touch everything that... Yeah, go ahead.
1: No, sir. I was going to thank you for the call. Um, I'm going to comment some more about having a trial, but we're kind of backing up in the queue with calls that are waiting. But I want to appreciate... Okay. I appreciate you calling, and please keep listening. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to comment about What he said about trials, I hear this a lot from people. Mr. Davis, I didn't have a trial. Mr. Davis, they wouldn't let me have a trial. Mr. Davis, they made me plead no contest, and I didn't want to. Let me say this, and let me be clear. Every person in the juvenile court system, the CPS courts, has the right to have a full and fair hearing, and that includes a trial. It's your constitutional right in the book of state and federal constitutions. Don't let someone talk you into not having a trial because nine times out of 10, you'll regret it. Now, here's the other thing I wanna tell you. Sometimes when you have a trial, it's done by way of argument, oral argument by the attorneys based upon the evidence that the social worker has already submitted. Nine and a half times out of 10, you're going to lose that trial. And the reason is it's because attorneys' oral arguments, they're not evidence. Those arguments are not evidence. And if the only evidence against you is what the social worker has turned in, guess what? You're going to lose. So if people tell you, hey, I'm going to have a trial and we're going to do it by way of argument, tell them, you know, hey, we've got to talk about this, because I heard that, you know, I have to put on evidence myself to win the trial. We just did a case in my office not too long ago about a woman uh, where the social worker's report recommended for many reasons why the child, or the children in this case, shouldn't be returned. Well, the attorney from my office assigned to the case had a trial, and in that trial she brought forth witnesses the counseling, the parenting instructor, you know, those types of people to testify on behalf of the mother. And even though the social worker um, let children don't go home, based upon that testimony, other children will return. Had they just done that trial by way of argument, the woman would have lost and she wouldn't have gotten her children returned to her. So make sure that when you have a trial, you have a real trial. The next Call I'm going to take this from area code seven two seven, ending in six seven. Good morning. You're on with attorney Vince Davis. Do you have a story to tell or a question to ask? Good morning. Is this area code seven two seven? Okay. Maybe they just want to listen and don't want to speak today. I'm going to take another call from area code six six one, ending in five seven.
3: Good morning, Mr. John. Davis. Good morning. My situation—it's—it's uh, it's a, a lot different than everybody else. I've been—I uh, have a baby. i am the—I'm so, the father of the baby, and I was told I'm not the father. And I was not given any papers from the CPS workers and or the court or, or anything. And I believe they defrauded me of my baby. And my baby is about to be 40 years old. I need to know what can I do to get back to court and prove that I am the father. And I was given false papers, and uh, they basically robbed me of my child.
1: Okay. What do you mean you were given false papers? False papers by who?
3: Okay. DNA. I was, the baby was born on November 19, 2014, and uh, at, uh, the mother was tested positive for uh, drugs. They kind of, uh, they were trying to take the baby from her. I stepped in, and... Uh, they said, "Well, we gotta go to court, and we uh, because the baby mom uh, she told them it might be somebody else also beside me. There's an, another person involved, so it got kind of complicated. I took a DNA test, and I was told by the CBS worker at my home, in my own uh, you know time at night, that I'm not the father, and I was like shocked I said, why would you call me, tell me I'm not the father?' and uh, and, uh, you know, you know, the judge supposed to tell me this, not you, and I kind of cussed her out, and and I got mad, and I called my attorney the next day, and my attorney says, well, it is what it is, Bill, so sorry, you know, you're not the father. And I went to court uh, uh, two weeks later, and the judge told me I'm not the father, but I was like, and I didn't see the baby for a long time, seven months later, she calls me up, and she, she said, let me see the baby. I started taking pictures, and uh, and she asked me if I would pay for the pictures uh, when the baby was two days old when at the hospital. And I paid for them. She got them. She gave me one, and it looks like one of my children. It looks like identical twins. And I started going crazy. I went to court to try to get the DNA paperwork. They told me it's a closed file. Uh, we cannot give you anything. I said, why? why not? They said, you can't do it. The attorney has to give it to you. Called my attorney. My attorney says, uh, I don't have it, but let me see what I can do. They gave me a piece of paper. The paper they gave me is like bullshit. It's nothing. And uh, how I know it's, it's not, it's not the real thing because several months later I was Involved another case that the young lady says, I am the father of her child. I went to court. I did a DNA test in L.A. The same L.A. county now, CBS workers in L.A. and Lancaster, uh, and it's under, you know, it's L.A. area. So the other ones, I took a DNA there. They sent me paper in the mail explaining to me I'm not the father, and I knew I wasn't the father for that second child, and I was happy but the first child, I am the father. It looks like me. It looks like my other daughter and I can do nothing about it. I'm like, I don't have a lot of money to spend and to fight and this, this and that, but I believe in, in, in everything, the paperwork I got, the runaround, they gave me and all that stuff, the CPS workers, they manipulated everything. And lab corp, the first test I took lab corp, uh, they, you know, they, they they do these things on the computer and stuff, and uh, just falsify the paperwork. I know for for a fact they did, you know. But what can I do? I mean, I don't have a lot of money. I'm on social security. I'm 65 years old, and the baby's been adopted by a family. Uh, uh, her her step brother, her half brother. Uh, sister in law they adopted the baby and 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 every day i think about it and nothing i can do about it you know like i said i'm retired 65 years old i don't i don't want to but i want to be part of that baby you know like i want to be able to see my baby and they adopted her and i don't mind and because that's a family which is okay but i want to be able to have the rights because it is my blood she has sisters, five of them, and they want to get involved in her life. But what can I do to prove and to get, you know, to get back into this and do something about it? I think about it every day, okay, but I'm helpless. The
1: right, let me answer the question for you, okay? Okay. So, first of all, you have to get an attorney because I doubt that you have the training or experience to do this yourself. Right. But you're going to have to make you have to make a motion or file a, what is called a writ of quantum novus to try to set aside everything and ask for the DNA test. Do you have a copy of the original DNA test?
3: Davis, I sent it to your office. You have that.
1: Okay. And do you do you, you I, hire? I
3: mean, I, I don't know if you remember or not, but I did talk to you on a, a private consultation, and you told me I do have a case, and we need to pursue that, but then you needed money, a lot of money, and I don't have the money, and, and we kind of, you know, like, uh, just let it go because I don't have the money. And, uh, and that's why. But you looked at it, and you had, I, I emailed, I faxed I you 27 pages of all the, Paperwork, and you told me personally uh, in the private uh, consultation that you do have a case, and we need to pursue it. But then your office people told me I need to come up with two thousand dollars, and because you got to pay investigators and this and this and that, I don't have the money. Okay, well,
1: you know I vaguely do remember talking to you, um, and from based upon what you told me, um, I do think that you have a case. I do think that you should file that writ or a motion to set aside the adoption. And I think that, you know, well, you should she's, already now, hold on, hold on. she's
3: already been adopted.
1: It doesn't matter. In my opinion, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, now here's the problem. We're a private law firm. We do charge for our I services know. when we have an investigator. That person doesn't work for me. We have to contract out to do the investigation. Um, You know, I'm not sure what to say. But, Mr. Davis, if if you do
3: think I have a chance in their case and they did defraud me of the baby, it's going to be a big lawsuit. It's going to be hell to pay with, you know, and a lot of people in trouble uh, from the attorneys, the judge, and everybody else when they wouldn't even give me uh, the court papers. I mean... I mean, the the second case I had, they sent me the paperwork. Everything was, I mean, black and white, you can see it. And the first Mm -hmm. case, nothing, nothing is right. Nothing is right. And then I found out more troubling things that the CBS worker knows the the half brother of the baby mama and got to start getting involved in her life at the moment she had that baby. And she didn't even talk to that guy for five years, but all of a sudden he's in her life, and they're, they're like, friends now. And she found it, like, it's kind of weird. But the CBS worker, they goes, goes to the same church with him. She knows the family. And and I think they, they kind of, you know, they work together on it. And they, you know, they said, well, this guy's an old man. He doesn't need to, you know, worry about this child and let her, have a better chance with other family, young family, and stuff, which, you know what? Okay, it's fine and dandy, and it's okay, but it's not okay. I mean, I would take my child. I, would have, I, have, I have daughters that they would help me, and they would step up and touch their sister. But I'm not getting that chance. I've been deprived, lied to, rear with me, and I just need help. I don't know what can I do. You know, money is uh, profit. Maybe I can borrow some money, you know, here and there. But, God, you know, I know I have a good case. I know it's going to be a big lawsuit, I think. So, uh, take a chance on it, Mr. Davis, and, and, and uh, do something maybe help to help me. The, uh, you know, at the end, uh, you will, uh, you know, get paid no matter what.
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Um, can you call my office, make an appointment, and come see me, and bring the pictures with you?
3: I I almost everything. I, I kind of basically uh, for the past two years, I you know I've been having a lot of uh, issues with uh, uh, with this, and uh, I put the papers somewhere. I can't find them. I forgot. You know, I like guess old age, but uh, I will try. You know,
1: I have I have some and stuff. Yes, I can I can. them. Uh, okay. we'll to Today after nine a.m., call my office at 888-888-6582. Yeah. 888-888-6582. Call my office and make an appointment to come see me, and we'll revisit it again and see uh, what's going on because. You sound like you have a compelling case. and I do. And
3: you, you told should. me that. And I, I, I texted you to 27 papers. And you looked at him. And we talked for about half an hour on the phone. And you said, I do have a case. And in fact, he said he do have a case. And he said, I have a case. But you need to get paid for the you know, services and stuff. How are you going to get people investigated. investigate it? And I,
1: that's where we got stuck. Okay, well. Well, I'm looking forward to you calling again, making an appointment, and we'll revisit the issue and see uh, if we can help you out. I'm going to take our next call from area code 310, ending in 4-9. Okay. Good morning. You're on with Attorney Jess Davis. Yep. Hello. Did you have a story to tell Hello? or a question to ask? Hello?
0: Hello? Hello?
1: Hi. I
0: can't hear you. Hi, can you hear me now? I
1: can
0: hear Uh, you loud and clear. Okay, sorry. I'm using a different phone, so it's hard for me to hear you. But um, I was calling because I'm, well, first question. I had a temporary guardianship for my grandson but my daughter's mentally ill, and the guardianship that I had at the time was through uh, Notary Repub- Nota- uh, the Notary Republic. So when she got on drugs and got mentally ill, and the police came out, I'm giving you a short version, uh, they told me to go to court to, uh, because they said this wasn't as strong as standing for it. So I, that's where the problem started. I went to probate court, which is different than the um, what they call dependency court, which we are we ended up there eventually. I went to probate court, and because I have a mobility issue, i getting around. They they started to give me a really hard time um, because my daughter, had, well. Um, they started picking, nitpicking at everything, and it didn't. It didn't start until I went with the probate investigation. Uh, I'm gonna to try to kind of. they started. Uh, they were really focused on my disability. They started nitpicking on different issues, where um, you know uh, about because I lived upstairs, if I couldn't take them, they were trying to say that. He wasn't in, in clean when I brought him to the, the investigation, at the, the probate investigation, but I took pictures, we videotaped it, and I brought a person with me. Well, uh, after that, it was Christmas time. They called out the child services, and the social worker said that she came because I was dis, uh, disabled. She, straight what she said, that they wanted to uh, do a check. So when they came, it was, I, I do it was a really little messing with the day after Christmas, still opening presents, but you when know, she came, I was still unwrapping presents. But um, she did an investigation. She stuck around for a month after that, making, you know, like some recommendations for, uh, you know, uh, like uh, getting in care service or some kind of daycare or stuff like that, which I had already was getting in in, in order, like a, a preschool, like a what do you call it, a head to come out into my house and help me out. He's the boy was three, or he was two and a half then. So I did all that, but by the time I get back to probate court, and I the judge. She still was having trouble about me being disabled. I mean, so much so that in court she asked me to answer a hypothetical question, and they made a perceived threat it was, um, <clears throat> that if um, I uh, if the child ran away from me, I wouldn't be able to chase him. And So she like really insists on it. I'm overweight or obese. And she, she humiliated me in court about my weight. So I was like, no, telling me I needed to lose weight. Um, I'm, I'm just cutting to the chase. We had to go back and forth. She ordered me to move from the living upstairs, but not just ordered to move. She wanted me to wait in three months. Um, what was it? Uh, three months get a yard, move downstairs and I have section eight and I try to tell the judge I can't do that. So I I think my dad was in jail then or something. And so by the time I get to that part of the court and I and to, she ordered me in court to lose weight and then try to ease it by saying uh, well, you know, we could always wait, even me, you know, and, and she wasn't really like, like she was dancing on the edge of saying You have a disability, but she was like backing off not to use it, but in all the reports, I read, that's all they talk about. And said, but it's only I have news and I use a cane, so, but I still get around. I get everywhere I need to go. But they were making an issue about that. But then... Uh, when my daughter gets out of jail, uh, and she, if, uh, oh yeah, I forgot the child services because my daughter has violent uh, tendencies towards me and other people because of her bipolar condition. So, Ray, so they told me, they gave me these three things to do. They told me to get a restraining order if they came back because they had, they didn't. That time they didn't do anything, they were just like, If if you don't, uh, 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 and um, ask your sister to get a um, what do you call another guardianship? And I was like, How can you get a guardianship when I have temporary guardianship? How can my sister get a you know, (laughs) that way? And then, uh, I guess that, yeah. And, all, all, and get any kind of service or, like, some kind of service to help me out around the house so that I could, you know, have more time to focus. By the time I got to court, they ordered for the child to have a, what you call it,
4: a a,
0: whatever, an attorney. That's when it really went to hell. And, uh, like, she was really super focused on the disability and all kind of things. Uh, even the reports that when she, she was, she said I had a good relationship, blah, blah, blah. But as I, actually, maybe about the third time I went to court, my daughter comes out of jail. And when, uh least they were just giving me temporary temporary before I could get p- permanent. When well, my daughter got out of jail. She was out a month. They ordered her to have overnight visitation, um, and she claimed she was living, which she was living in a shelter then, claiming she was living with her grandparents, which are in their 80s, which one has Alzheimer. They ordered the the overnight without checking in. It was in the thing that. It was in contingency that she actually lived there. And they ordered the child service to investigate. That went well when they came to talk to me. And then um, also my daughter was trying to cover up her thing, so she brought a past domestic uh, issue that I had. And even though I tried to tell them that that was my ex, they nobody really listened to me about that. So, were, so that made, made it hard for them to recommend a permanent guardianship. So they gave her the overnight visit. Uh, no proof that she was actually staying there, which I asked her she wasn't. Um, she uh, spanked she them. And he said that, that she spanked him in the face. So I was like trying to do the right thing. So I, because he told us preschool teacher and me together, so we both, we called the child services. I called the child services. Within three days, nobody came to investigate. No one, the social worker that was supposed to be on the nobody called me. They came and ordered him out of my home. And after they ordered him out of my home, uh, I went to court and they took over the case, and the lawyer was telling me that she wasn't recommending me lawyer's mother, so and that my guardianship was going to expire. So the attorney that they had that handed me, all short sure focus was was to um, every time I meet with her, uh, lawyer, your your guardianship's expiring, and I. Well, I was sitting because, you know, it's were and we were sitting and we were talking to my daughter. My daughter had her own attorneys from her other case. I had no attorney. I was just uh, trying to do this on my own, you know, per, per pro. And so okay. so I, I overheard them or they were loud enough and they were saying that they were going to write. So my guardianship was over to, to proceed to do anything. And because that, you know, for me to be a part of the case, I had to still have guardianship. So uh, I, I don't know if that was the social worker for, of the lawyers, because I guess people might not know, but the social workers of the uh, um, CPS has their own personal lawyer not just the child has the lawyer, and the CPS and then you have a lawyer and whatnot. So I told her and I said, I said, they're not waiting. So they, Because they had ordered a thing called a, 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 a PRI uh, for me to come out to my house. Nobody came while well, I had the guardianship. I called and finally, so I went back to court. We had another court day. They They refused to do it, but then the judge judge ordered them. We went back to court again. They didn't do it. Then the judge ordered sanctions on them because they weren't even uh, because I had uh, visitations. As of right now, I have six hours, but I only get three hours. Nobody was enforcing the other three, and I have no lawyer at this point because my guardianship expired, expired when the Investigator finally came. She told me she said no. They sent the investigator that said no, and then she said she was really on, on no. She, she called the things were like, I don't know. do you want to go? Hello?
1: I think she dropped the call. Maybe she'll call back in. That was quite an interesting story. Uh getting a little complicated. But, ma'am, if you're still interested in discussing this with me, please call my office today after 9 at 888 6582 and make an appointment. For all the listeners out there today, if you call my office uh, after 9, you can request my book, The Secret to so and When Request a copy. We'll send you other free copy uh, in the mail, or you can go on Amazon and buy the uh, buy it the digital version or the hard copy. Uh, the next, let's see. The next call I'm going to take is from area code nine five one, ending in 93. Hello.
0: Good
4: morning.
1: Good you're morning.
4: You're Do you have a um, story to tell or what's that? Kind of both. Uh, kind of in a vicious cycle with neighbors who use CPS to harass and bully my family. And they have been doing it for about five years. And, you know, when you have a CPS worker come in and you explain to them that they have a little boy now that they're raising another generation, to do harassing things um, they, um, they they say well do you make a report because my husband is uh, disabled so he was going through a review you know I thought that if I'm telling her that that's kind of making a report um, so in the process of multiple investigations and um, typically they're around Christmas last this year was uh, Easter we go through all of these different things and my kids are now terrorized by the doorbell ringing it is like post-traumatic stress and yet there's never any uh, seems to be any way to obtain a reverse investigation and the police department They know it's harassment. The social workers know it's harassment. But when does it end? Why do I have to have my family subjected to this kind of abuse and instead in turn, you know, have it reversed? You know, when false reporting, when is it a crime that's actually investigated?
1: Um, about how many times have they come?
4: Um, in the last five years, we've had them every Christmas for three or four years. We've had adult services called in um, a couple times. We had one social worker who came from a different county. We did verify. He wasn't even in our county. So they, this, these individuals were trying to pull from a different county to have them come in, and we just w- went through the process, you know, because it was, you know, quote, unquote, under my, hu- my husband's annual review, but that particular time they were targeting both my children and my husband, and it's been, I think there's been about five or six different investigations to date. We've had some really you know, what- informative social workers, but the last one who came came with a brigade, uh, that we were reported like we were the Turpin family and she just came to build a case and everything and I, I, I still don't even know why she came we don't know what the allegations were and it was a mess
1: Yeah, you know, did they ever come to your house with a warrant no well you don't have to let them in your house did you know that
4: well, she came with police officers, two other social workers. She she came with uh, school school district representation.
1: Huh? If they don't have a warrant, you do not have to let them in your house. Period. End of story.
4: Okay. Well, thing, I did. The
1: other thing that you can do, the other thing that you can do, if you're sure that you know it's your neighbor is causing this, is you could sue your neighbors.
4: If they're renters, do we sue the owner?
1: You could sue both.
4: Both. Yes. But but what what are the steps to sue them? Because you know how. how, Sorry. How how do you you know how how uh, basically how can you submit to have the court. You know, reveal the source They have actually verbally told us Oh, well, it looks like, you know um, I saw a CPS worker coming And it looks like, um, you know Animal control service is coming You know, they they do all of these different things It's it's a long history I mean, when we tried to go to court For civil harassment I didn't have something documented In chronological order So the judge you know, I called in and left a message and said we were trying to find an attorney, but she just threw it out. Well, they obtained the information, and, you know, he went over everything that I had submitted in court, cause, because their kids are getting away with federal crimes. They fly hovercrafts or uh, those drones. They've flown them at, in, uh, around our house. They have flown um, or they have burned my kids with blazers. A green one, scarred one of them, and I still, to this day, we see them randomly with um, the green laser. And they, they have been empowered over time to think that they're getting away with all kinds of stuff. I mean, so I don't know the right strategy, the right type of attorney, the right approach, so that we can put an end to it.
1: Okay, why don't you do this? Write down this telephone number And call and make an appointment to talk to me More in detail On the phone or in person Okay Let me know when you have a
4: chance Okay Hold on a second Well uh, let me put it on (laughs) notes. I'm so sorry Hold on computer's trying
1: to be slow this morning we're kind of on a uh, live radio show ma'am
4: i know what is the number please
1: six five eight two. Six five eight two.
4: okay and all then right. i can thank you for call in all right thank you Appreciate call in
1: it. after nine and make an appointment to talk to me thank you
4: okay thanks
1: okay we're running out of time we have about 10 minutes left let me see if I can take a short call this is area code five six two ending in one seven hey good morning uh, uh, you're on with the you here we okay hear you loud and clear, do you have a short story to tell? We only have about 10 minutes left in the show.
5: Yeah, I just have a short story, I'll make it quick. Uh, uh, This is going on our third year, six months, and it's been uh, a really uh, coaster ride. The hardest thing for uh, me and my family to understand is that, um, you know, in 2010, at age 61, after working for 46 years, I had an economic uh, disaster. I lost my job where it was secured, and in the process, I was losing not only after my job, but losing my family, my dogs, and everything. And uh, we were having really a, a very hard time. And unfortunately, the uh, uh, social service, instead of looking at them as someone that can help you. Uh, were intervening and, uh, and uh, neighbors and relatives were saying negative things that weren't true and it got worse and then when I had no money of course if I knew now to all you listeners out there it's very important to get an attorney no matter what um, I did all the dumb things I no, didn't ask for a search warrant and I didn't um, uh, I was just approached on a very terrible day uh, with my nine year old son um, who uh was traumatized by all this uh, by not only the social services but they had the police detectives they had the fire department the had code enforcement and uh, it was it was all because of the fact that I had stored a lot of my uh parents' belongings. Um, and they were looking for things and uh, they insinuate things and then you get involved in the system and the social workers you go from one social worker to the next and each one you think is going to be fair and honest with you going to help you and instead they don't you know you, you make the mistakes of trying to put your kids with relatives and the relatives turn out to be bad um and then they put the kids in a group home and uh, they try to destroy the family. The social services isn't for what it's founded on. It isn't for the good of people. It's really sad to say I've yet to meet one decent thing out of social service. And I'm talking from the top down. I tried to fight them and uh, uh, with emails and talking to them, having meetings with the director of CFS, you know, um, and it's like uh, they got so much misinformation, so much misfed. Every time you come and meet with them month after month, and uh, the public defenders, you read the reports, and reports were just they were just traumatized, the reports were so full of of, of lies and, and, and setups and everything like that and you know i I had a beautiful wife I had three beautiful children. Now one child has been taken away, stolen by social services, and in seven months she's with the foster care people that she wants to be adopted. My uh, wife is uh, so messed up and so uh, disillusioned with losing her daughter. Uh, She's lost her family. She's lost her mother, her father, not in death, but in separation. She lost her brothers and sisters and have just turned against her. And uh, she is so disillusioned where she just can't even function. She's to the point now where she's really coming there. And so I don't know what to tell to your listeners, but it's just get a good attorney. An attorney like Vincent Davis is, you know, is excellent, even though it's frustrating because the delay. In March of this year, we thought we're done. It's now October. We're going to go to November with the postponement because a social worker was away. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a very complex, very uh, trying situation, and uh, it's like uh, they would double dip things. They'd put only one restraining order. The criminal would do the duplication things with the s- social services, so they want to put a second restraining order. You wait for it, and then they say that I broke the restraining order. And then for a whole year and a half, you sit there and uh, you go to court. They finally dropped it because they didn't have evidence. But meanwhile, your whole life for a year and a half is further ruined. I mean, it's like. Uh, it's, it's so hard even to get a decent job because they say we well, still got restraining orders. You still got formal probation and, and uh, you still got this and that. And it's just, it's really, it's um, you know, it's really, really hard. You know, I, I'm 68 now and uh, I still, I, I got some leads leading up. And every time I wonder about them looking into your records and so forth, and they want to return her son, but, my wife is just so lost without the daughter. Our other son is, of course, in school. He finally got rid of the social service. They say, hey, look, I'm 19 years old. I don't need the bullshit. I'm going to go on my own. I love my mom and dad and to hell with you. And so he was able to break out of it, luckily for him. But uh, they really are very manipulative. Uh, and I hate to, you know, uh, you know, listen, you do so much for people. And all you listeners out there, um, you know, Get a good attorney like Vincent Davis. Uh, he can help. I know it's hard with money. Believe me, I know how hard it is with money. I've taken, you know, my parents' inheritance and spent everything on this case, and it's, uh, it's, 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 it's sad. They just they drain you. It's a money-making billion-dollar business, but I know in the end that I'll get my day in court to sue because I would assume big time. I am just so fed up with this nonsense because every one, I haven't met one public official, one judge, even the judge is corrupt. You got a judge that does um, uh, tries cases for car damages, and he's in a dependency court with children. You got people that never had children, social workers that are 25 years old, worried about their color of their purse, making gobs of money. It's just amazing me how much, uh, it's like, a, I don't know, it's just like a, a kingdom that has just been so corrupt. And so um, I uh, keep hoping to see the light of the end of the tunnel, but my wife, she's gone. She's just, she's just devastated for four days. She has just come unglued. It's just really, it's hitting her close. And, and it's, just, it's just, she can't understand how a daughter that we loved, you know, would want to give up go with some strangers for seven months they've been with and you know she's sixteen years old and and you know two more years maybe she'll come back and find us or we'll find her but I don't know. It just uh it's it's really it's it is really a hard, hard thing that's I know you need some time to wrap up. But thank you again for letting me talk.
1: Colin keep listening. All
5: right.
1: Okay, we just have a couple minutes left in the show. I, I want to remind people that um, if you do have any questions about your case, please give us a call for your free consultation. That's 888-888-6582. Also, I have a number of videos that are on YouTube that explain certain parts of the juvenile dependency and the CPS process, and I'm going to be making more. Uh, Go to YouTube, youtube youtube.com, and type in my name, Vincent W. Davis. I have a video that's about seven minutes long that I think everyone should watch. Uh, So go to YouTube, type in Vincent Davis and what is justice? Because a lot of people don't understand what justice is. They think they have their own notion of justice and they become frustrated with the system when their notion of justice doesn't line up with what real justice is. The other videos that we have on YouTube. Also, I want to encourage everyone again, I said this at the top of the show, please go out and register to vote and make sure that you vote in these midterms. Uh, no matter what political party or affiliation you're with, it's so important to our country, uh, it's so important to our way of life. It's the backbone of our democratic society. And don't forget to take those um, elections for judges very seriously. Do your due diligence, investigate the people that are running for judge, and vote for the person that you think would be the best. You can check out our website at fightchildprotectiveservices.com. And we have another one, uh, fcps.lawyer. It stands for Fight Child Protective Services. fcps.lawyer. Check out our two websites. To help you, there's a lot of information. There's articles and videos there, and uh, you can get a lot of information. And again, please call us for that free consultation, 888-888-6582. Thank you very much for listening to today's, shows, to today's show, and we'll see you next week on the radio.